your presence. Oh, God. Love you, Lord. Throw open wide the foot. And let your love rain down on us. Let it just shower down on us, oh God. Dry place, every empty place. Lord, there are so many of us here today. We just don't feel worthy. I pray that your love would fill that place of feeling unworthy, oh God. Overwhelm us. With your extravagant, unconditional love, dear. Meet us in that place today. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people today, that you would encourage your people today. Lord, I pray that you would release hope today, that there be a release of passion and vision. Have your way, oh God. Have your way with us. Hello, we pray for this offering. It's another expression of our love for you. Accept it, bless it, multiply it. And then you, your kingdom. Amen. Didn't these guys do a great job of worship today? Awesome. Let's go around. I'll do some announcements. Tuesday nights, uh, Tuesday mornings, 10 a.m. is... Prayer at Ginny's house. Tuesday nights is the advanced workshop and dream. Um, that's 8 p.m. here at the church. Uh, registrations required. Manual. If you're alumni, already taking the course, you can take it again. Uh, you can you can take it again at no extra charge. If you have not shown up yet on a Tuesday and you wanted to do it, we're entering into our third week. This would probably be last time you could jump in and still get on board so um, if you're still interested in that class this would be the last week to join us food pantry wednesdays from 6 to 7 30 swamped this week right i got here 15 minutes late and they already served i don't know half a dozen families so it was um it's great it's wonderful that we can meet it's said that the needs are there it's great <coughs> that we can help to meet them excuse me so if you'd like to help with the food pantry, we could certainly use the extra hands. Let Mary Beth know. Thursday nights has been our book club. We're doing the book titled Unchristian by David Kinkerman and Gabe Lyons. Um, it's been great. I don't know. We've had 20, 25 people show up for the, for the book club. and We've had lively uh, discussion each, each week, which is ex- exactly what I'd hope for. We'll be reading chapter three for this week. If you're interested in that and you'd still like to join us, you're welcome. Uh, but we've sold out of books. You might want to get them at a local bookstore or Amazon.com. They could ship it pretty quick, probably for a little extra fee. But that's been fun. Uh, there's no youth group the next two Saturdays, as I understand it. Um, taking a, a little bit of a holiday break. Uh, prayer Sunday mornings from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. in the prayer room. It was hot in there this morning. Thank you, thoroughly for spearheading that. Uh, we have our... Our potluck coming up Friday, um, December 11th. It'll be 7 p.m. It'll be here at the church. Mary Beth has point. Please see her. Let her know um, what you want to, what you're going to bring, or she'll let you know what she needs. Josh Young will be with us that weekend. He'll sing a little bit at the potluck, and then that Saturday night, the 12th, we're going to have a night of worship with Josh Young. It should be pretty cool. I think it's going to be kind of like an unplugged. Josh is going to sing and. Maybe I'll join them on my gym bay or something. But it'll be a fun time. That'll be a really sweet night of worship. So you guys want to be here for that. And then Josh has agreed to lead worship for us that Sunday morning. So we'll, we'll have him for those three days. Got a bunch of stuff in the works for next year. Um, I think she's out with the kids, but it's Lori Ariola's birthday yesterday. Please give her a hug and a squeeze. I'm sure she'll be, um, she'd appreciate it. I miss any announcements? No? All right. Hmm. So, prepared a really good sermon yesterday. It's going to do another one in the series on unchristian, and it's really good. I think I'm going to have to do it next week, though. (laughs) 
Because I woke up with a sense that maybe God wanted me to do something different and just tried to listen to him and could feel a little bit stronger praying this morning in the prayer room. And, and so um, I'm going to... I'm going to go off the notes, all right? <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> Have your way with us this morning, Lord. Have your way with us this morning. Amen? So I'm just going to tell some stories today. That'd be all right? Some God stories? Holy Spirit stories. November 11th is a really important day for me. Since 2005, on November 11th, uh, God has either visited me or taken me somewhere in the spirit or I've had an encounter with some kind of spiritual being. I'm not sure. Did I tell the story of that first November 11th and there was a wedding? Did I tell that story here? Give me some head shakes. Does that sound familiar? I'll just do that one briefly. Then I want to share, in this past November 11th, this few days ago, I had another encounter. And, um, and sometimes it's hard to share these things. Sometimes they're really personal, and I feel really vulnerable. So, But I know you guys love me. So I struggle a little bit with it. But I'm just telling stories to friends, right? So... Back in 2005, I kept seeing 1111s everywhere. Anybody ever experienced that? Just everywhere you look. I mean, either 111 or 1111. I mean, everywhere I turn, and I'm thinking, I think God's really in this, you know? So I'm looking up every chapter 11, verse 11 scripture I can find, and nothing's really hitting me. Sometimes, you know, you read it, it's like, oh, that's it. I know that that's God. Boom, history. I don't know, man. I'm looking through the scriptures. It's not getting hitting me at all. But I'm seeing them. I'm seeing them more frequently. I'm seeing 11s on road signs. Anytime a clock, anytime it's 11, 11, a.m. or p.m., boom, I'm seeing it, right? I'm thinking, God, what is this? And we went to a conference, a streams conference. Aaron Evans was there. At the end of the conference, I just go to say goodbye to Aaron. And, um, and he just kind of whips around and looks at me. He says, 11, 11. Something good's going to happen on November 11th. He says, you give me a call on the 12th. And that was it. I was like, oh, a date. I never thought that 11-11 would be November 11th. It just never dawned on me. It's like, whoa. So I set up my calendar, and I'm going to go. I mean, I'm not a smart guy, but I'm going to spend November 11th with God, right? But I look at my calendar, and I've agreed to do a wedding on November 11th. And it's not even in, it's not even in the home. There's i got to go for three days to Montana. It's one of the elders at the church. It's his son getting married. All right, got to keep my word to go to this wedding. So I go, I go to Whitefish, Montana to go and perform the ceremony. And they had, they had a, in this really rustic-looking place, there's all these little cabins, uh, little log cabins. And so I had a cabin to myself. I said, this is good. I can spend time alone with God here. And... Um, and th- there were all kind of signs that God was in this. So this couple married on November 11th. There are 22 people attending this ceremony because it's not at home. They wanted to go and have this rustic setting. There's 22 people there, 11 from his side of the family, 11 from her side of the family. Uh-huh. All right? There are 11 men there, 11 women there. Okay. They met in YWAM. They were missionaries, the, the, the couple who's getting married. He'd been to 11 countries. She'd been to 11 countries, right? So, like, I'm not the smartest kid on the block, but I'm thinking I'm in the right place at the right time. The, the wedding ceremony was beautiful. But I got to spend time with God that day, and I had just a really overwhelming, powerful encounter with him. And, um, and it was just amazing. It was an ex- extraordinary experience of the length and height and depth and width of God's love for me. I had this encounter with him, and he swallows me. I go into, I'm swallowed by God. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm swallowed by God. And one he had touched me, and I was like unconscious. I don't even know for how long. I wake up, and I see this mouth in front of me. And he swallows me. And I go down into the mouth of God. The scripture says that his mouth is a heart, that the mouth's 
God's digestive system, if he has one. But I want Ordinary freedom. Incredible freedom. And in that place, it was given to me um, purposes of God and the destinies of men and women. I had seen, I had seen what was what was available. That's the word I'm looking for. I seen what was available in the spirit of the destinies of men and women and the the purposes of God. And I asked the Father, in this place, in his heart, is a place of extraordinary freedom, of extravagant love. I've never felt so as I did that day. Am I cutting in and out? Yeah? I wonder why. Yeah, got a new microphone today, this week, and I thought that would solve the problem. Let's see. Anyway, So it was a place of great freedom, and I saw these purposes, these destinies. I asked for what was mine. And when it was all said and done, 11 were imparted to me. And it was, um, it was just a really, really powerful day. That was 2005. Well, each November 11th since, I've made myself available to God. I can't make um, a vision happen. I can't make a strange event supernatural experience happen uh, I can't work it up um, but I can make myself and and so I did I make myself available my apologies the tape later <laughs> that is keeps cutting it out um, so it was 2005 and so I had, I had an experience this past, this past week on November 11th, and I woke up this morning kind of wrestling, what should I do? And I, I had a sense in the prayer room this morning that I should look quickly at the events that happened in 2006, 2007, 2008, and then you know, I just felt like led to do that. So I looked at 2006, and... And something really caught my attention, usually with these experienced scripture verses are given to me as well. And I had totally forgotten that the very same scripture verses that were, God gave me this past week were the same verses he gave me in 2006. And that was like a, a little bit of an aha moment for me and kind of thinking, well, maybe I should share this. And so if you have Bibles with you and you want to open up to 1 John chapter 2, Really familiar verses. And then I guess I'll just, I'll share what happened in 2006. I'll share at least parts of it. And I'll share some of what happened this past week, okay? And then if you have questions, I'll be happy to answer any of your questions about it, if I can, and then we'll pray. Sound like a plan? So I'm just telling some stories to my friends, and I'll answer my friends' questions, all right? So it's a little bit different. We can get back on the sermon series next week. So the verses God gave me both in 2006 and this past week on November 11th were 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Really familiar verses for most of us. And in the New International... No, that's not the New International. That's the New King James. Let's see. In the New King James Version, this is what it says. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world, If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Man, powerful verses, right? I mean, I like stuff. Man, I really like stuff. I like gadgets. I like nice things. I like good food. I like good wine. I like stuff. There's stuff in this world I really like. <laughs> and sometimes I wrestle with these very verses, you know, loving the things of the world. And how do I know when I'm struggling with it? It's when he asks me to give up 
some of those things. And I, re and I can measure how painful it is, <laughs> how, how much, you know, agita I have over trying to let it go. And so I like things. And sometimes he wants to deal with that in my heart. And so those are the verses he gave me this past week. And those are the verses he gave me in, in 2006. So I can't help but try and teach a little bit. <laughs> I want you to understand. I, want you to, I really want you to know that I'm just a regular guy. You know, I'm just me. Hopefully you're getting to pick that up by now. There's nothing, there's nothing good in me except him. There's nothing good in Tom um, unless it's come from Jesus. Or anything that's good, it started with him. All right? All by myself, without him, you wouldn't want to be my friend. I don't like me. Okay? It's Christ in me that's all the good stuff. And so even the ability to see in the Spirit or experience, have supernatural experiences, it's because he's so good. It's not because I'm good. It's because he has extravagant love for me. It's not because I'm extravagantly talented or gifted. It's just he's a really good God. And I'm convinced that he's decided to use the likes of me to encourage people like you. Thinking, hey, if God could use that guy, <laughs> if, he could, if God could speak through him, he could speak through me. And if that's what you get out of this, awesome. That's what I want you to get. Because he can. He is no respecter of persons. <laughs> My life is testimony to that fact. And so sometimes he shows me things. And I want you to know that he can show you things too. And I really want him to. Stay, stay, um, you, know, you don't have to stay in First John. But in Revelation chapter 4, John's talking about his experience, supernatural experience. The first couple of verses. It says, After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. So here's John on the island of Patmos, and he, he's seeing in the Spirit. He's seeing into heaven, and there's an open door. And the voice I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, This is Jesus. This voice says, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. So he's already seeing in the Spirit, right? He's seeing in the Spirit, and now from this place of seeing in the Spirit, he hears something in the Spirit, and that voice says to him, come up through this open door in heaven. And I like what verse 2 says. At once, I was in the Spirit. And that's kind of like what it happens. That's kind of like how it happens for me sometimes. Maybe I hear some things, maybe I see some things, and then it's like, Almost as quick as that. I'm not in the spirit, and then I'm in the spiritual realm. And in that place, I see strange and wonderful things. That's kind of how, that's really how it works. At least that's how it works for me. I haven't surveyed some of my prophetic friends, but I could tell you that's how it works for me. Maybe that's how it'll work for you, or maybe God will use an entirely different process. But boy, I could really relate to what John writes in Revelation chapter 4. I see, and then... There's an, there's an opening, and boom, I'm in the Spirit. That's kind of like what happens with these things. And I took note that I was reading through, so I have some personal notes. I wasn't in a particularly good place. You know, if God speaks to you, and he's speaking those verses about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and not loving the things of the world, why is he telling me those things? All right? Because there's things in the world that I'm really loving, and he wants me to deal with it. And he, those are the verses he gave me then, those are the verses he gave me now. Why is that important? Because God isn't, he isn't waiting for you to reach some spiritual zenith and then he'll speak to you. Your holiness, your, the perfection of your walk as a Christian is not what's required for God to show you something in the spirit. All that's required is for God to say, look at this, him to say, come up here. Now, is holiness a good idea? I'm a really strong advocate of holiness. All right? Is being in a right place with God a good idea? Yep. Boy, I'm a really strong advocate of that too. But 
those are not prerequisites to God revealing something to you. And subsequently, when God does reveal things to you, when God gives you visions or dreams or strange events, that's not an endorsement of everything else that's going on in your life. It's just God showing you something. It's like, okay, so today I decide to go to the movies. And the movie starts, and I get to watch the movie. You might have been a jerk all day, but you still got to see the movie. That's kind of like with God. He's saying it's time to see the movie. I got to tell you, there are times where I've had amazing, supernatural experiences with God in the morning and been a butt to Nadine in the afternoon. I was like, I don't know how I do this. How can I have such an amazing experience with God here and be such a jerk to my wife in the afternoon? Because it's not about me. It's not about my abilities, talents, gifts. It's not about my goodness. It's about his goodness. And so I take note of the fact that in these two experiences, I don't think I was in a really great place. Does that help you at all? God could speak to you today. He could reveal something to you today. Because it's really all about him. And it's not all about you. It's... He's that good. There's that much grace. He, he really loves us that much. And so in both these experiences, I started off with, oh, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I give everything. I repent. I repent. I repent. I'm such a dog. Why do you love me? <laughs> And so I've told some stories before. I've had, I've had encounters with different spiritual beings. And some of them show up multiple times. I've had encounters with the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Ephesians 1.17, Paul prays for the church that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we would know him better. Until I had these experiences, I never thought that they could have like be entities or God could show himself or those aspects of himself as spiritual beings. But he could do whatever he wants. In Scripture, Jesus says that the spirit of truth would come. right, And he would lead us into all truth. So I've had experiences with the spirit of truth. In, this, in 2006, on November 11th, I saw all three of them. Wisdom, revelation, and truth. And usually, you know, wisdom is on my left side, revelation is on my right side, and truth is standing behind me. That's how it usually was. That's how, that's how it was on this day. The three of them are standing there. Um, I, I, in my notes, it says, I see, dot, dot, dot. And I notice that I sense these three spirits with me. These are, when I say these three spirits, these are different aspects of God. It's just parts of who he is. Different facets of the same diamond. Right? Isaiah 11 talks about the seven spirits of God. Right? Revelations repeatedly talks about the seven spirits of God. So I got wisdom on one side, revelation on the other, truth is behind me, and then I see this other being in front of me, and he's wearing a gleaming uh, white floor-length tunic. There's this golden halo type of band rotating over his head, and it's kind of like doing this. It's not like rotating in one axis, it just keeps... Kind of got like a wobble to it. It was kind of cool looking, actually. Sometimes I think God lets me see these really strange things to let me know, Tom, this is not your imagination, okay? This is not how my brain is usually wired. At least I don't think so. I can't make out the, the, this being's face, but he's got the size and the shape of about a 12-year-old boy. And for a 12-year-old boy, I sense like this great level of authority coming off this this 12-year-old boy. Even wisdom, revelation, and truth seem to yield, in a sense, to his authority. Kind of take note of that. They're kind of standing there, heads bowed, eyes closed. And I, so I asked the boy, I'd learn, it's okay to ask questions. Scott Evelyn, thank you, brother. <laughs> when you have these kind of experiences, it's okay to ask questions. And so I asked this 12-year-old boy-looking 
spiritual being. I said, who are you and why are you here? And he looks at me and he says, I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. I was like, wow. He says, I represent your spirit. This is what we see when we look at you. In the spirit, you're holy. In the spirit, you're humble. In the spirit, you're pure, full of power and radiating authority. Blew me away. I wasn't feeling particularly holy or humble or pure or powerful or full of authority that day. But that's not what they saw. What they saw was Christ in me. And with that, this boy steps forward and enters into me and immediately will launch straight up. Wisdom, revelation, truth still with me. And we burst through the second heaven and up into, we just climb effortlessly up into the, into the third heaven. And so I see these bright flashes of color, red, yellow, and blue, and white, and green. It's all different bright colors. And I, we end up in this bright white room. And things begin to become clear. And I noticed that it's different than any place I'd been to before in the Spirit. I'd been to some other places. And um, it's much more active. There are thousands, maybe millions of other spiritual beings there. It's like a, looks like a, like a street. I could, see the, I could see the street and I could see beings everywhere. And I knew that some of these beings, I could just sense in the spirit, that some of them were like me. These were people from earth who were visiting heaven. But I knew others were just spiritual beings. This is where they reside. And I see two buildings. Mostly, I, I noticed the doorways of these buildings. They're both kind of off to my right. And it, in the spirit, there's just a knowing at times. There's just... I just know certain things. And so I knew that one of the rooms was the treasury room. And I knew another room was called the warehouse. I wish I could tell you how I knew it. I don't know, but I just knew it. And I knew that I had permission to, to go into these rooms. So I, I go into the treasury room. I enter the treasury room. And it's filled with ancient wonders. I remember on my left-hand side, there's like shells filled with stuff, and most of the stuff in there was golden in color. And um, um, I just feel the spirit right now. And just some things are, are ornate, and some things are common looking, but the, the, the books are filled, and on these shelves are, the, not the books, the shelves are filled. They're filled with books and with inventions, and with ideas. There are history books there. <laughs> I remember writing, there were history books of the future. How could there be history books of the future? But there were history books of the future on the shelves. There was sheet music and, and instruments in this treasure room. There were scientific breakthroughs and medicines and medical cures. There were secrets of light and sound and, uh, that released powerful energy. I write, surprisingly, I see athletes, baseball players, women tennis players. As I look up, I can see that the shells go on and on and on. It could be miles high, higher than I can see. And most everything had a golden color to it. I also knew that there were mantles, spiritual mantles. There were spiritual gifts and callings on these shells. I also knew that there was creative life. Uh, in this room. Remember writing, if I can think of it in this room, it appears on the shelf. Or was it that it was already there, and when I think of it, I notice it? I'm not sure which it was. But it was amazing. I walk forward toward the shelves, and I see a brown leather-covered book with, with my name endorsed, embossed, rather, on the bottom of the front cover. It says Tom Zawacki. And the cover is, it's like a hand-tooled leather, an ornately hand-tooled leather. And I remember I was fearful as I looked at it, and I wasn't sure why. Amazing things. 
This book is face up on, on the shelf with 11 additional volumes. I think those 11 other volumes were those 11 other purposes of God that were released to me um, the year before. And one of the volumes was illuminated and the others weren't. And I seemed to understand that that meant I had permission to open up that one volume. It was the one that had my name on it. So I take hold of it in both hands and I feel life surge through my hands and up my arms. And as I open the cover, I see every statistical detail of my life. It's, it's recorded in this book. The moment God thought me into existence, the moment of my conception and birth, the number of hairs <laughs> that used to be on my head. <laughs> the size, shape, and weight, the color of my eyes, gifts, calls, destiny, every imaginable detail are in that book. The following pages have every detail of my life recorded in it. I see huge blank sections of text that had been erased. And I wondered why. Why there were these missing sections. And the answer came to mind. That these blank sections represented my sins that had been confessed and repented of and forgiven. He remembers them no more. They'd been erased from my book. And man, that encouraged me. My sins had been blotted out. <laughs> Though they were as red as scarlet, he made them as white as snow. He removed them from the record and from the account. Boy, I mean, I just wanted to repent of everything at that point, you know. <laughs> Let's just keep erasing stuff. I seen some text that was in 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 red. And I knew that some of that represented passion, some of it represented pain. And I've seen some blue text for revelation that I'd received over the years. And there was some black text in there too for sin I'd not yet repented of. And there were many empty pages in the book also. About ten percent of this volume was still to be written. And as I looked toward the back of the book, there were pages with words appearing on them. It was recording exactly what was happening at that moment. It was pretty fascinating. And I closed the book and I put it back on the shelf. As I looked to the right, the room opened up. There was like a like a an open door and it opened up into some colorful galaxies. There's an opening, a portal, an archway, a, a doorway, right beside the shelves. And, and this opening allowed me to enter into this other building I had seen. It was the warehouse. And I heard other people speak about a heavenly warehouse. I know that Bob Jones has spoken about it. I think that Paul Keith Davis had, not Paul Keith Davis, who wrote the Heaven's Open Book, Anna, Anna Roundtree. I think Anna Roundtree had also written about it. But I see this place called the, the warehouse. And I see, I see shelves, like stock shelves. Kind of like when you go to like Costco, those kind of shelves. But it was a lot cleaner than Costco. <laughs> and it was huge. This, this, this warehouse was huge. And the stock shelves were, were, um, were really high. And they had these like bins on the shelves. And all of them were labeled. All the bins were labeled. And, and the shelves were stocked with body pots of every kind and color. And they were tagged with names. There were new body pots for people who needed new body pots. And they were in the warehouse. The room and dimension, the dimensions of this room were beyond measure. It was filled with aisle after aisle. And there were some type of angelic type beings. They were busy, really busy, moving about the aisles, filling orders, kind of like heavenly stock boys. They were really diligent. They were really focused. They were moving really fast. And um, it, was just, it was just amazing. It gave me great faith at that point to ask. We have not 
because we ask not. Yet the heavens are filled with, with these resources. And so that's kind of like the heart of, of what happened on November 11, 2006. Well, this past November 11, I mean, I've just gotten kind of used to putting a circle on November 11th and expecting that that day, you know, maybe God will speak to me. July 1st is another one. That's the day I accepted the Lord. And so since uh, 2006, I've had experiences with the Lord on, on July 1st. So I just, those are, you know, the scripture says there's a time and a season to everything on the heaven. So I don't know that dates or times necessarily are important to him because he transcends, God transcends time. But they're important to us, right? We mark birthdays, we mark anniversaries. And I think because he loves me, he's marked those days. Because he loves me. Yeah. And so this past November 11th, I spent some time with him. He gave me those same verses from 1 John chapter 2 about, you know, do not love the world or the things in the world. So I did a little bit of study on the difference between love, the words love and the word lust in the scripture. And then um, I had another vision. I prayed a little bit and I had another vision. And in this vision, this is just this past week, <clears throat> it starts and I see a large gate in front of me. Now I'm just telling stories to my friends here, right? I'm not even saying I understand it all. I don't understand it all. Sometimes understanding comes later on. But I'm just telling you what I've seen and heard. So I see a large gate, a fancy Lodge gate, ornate gate, like it's the type of gate that you'd see like to the entrance of an estate. You know, that kind of gate. And, um, and as I'm standing there, this gate opens before me, just kind of slowly opens, and I, and I just kind of walk forward. And I notice a few things. I notice that the, the estate is vast, and that um, everything is perfectly manicured. The grass is perfectly cut. There's like rows of hedges on each side of the, this driveway, I guess, that I'm on. And those hedges are perfect. I mean, they're kind of short, but they're perfectly trimmed square, you know. But I also noticed that as I walked forward, what looked like a black asphalt path, there's like this circle of light around me, maybe 10 feet, 12 feet. And every step I would take, things would change. The asphalt driveway kind of more looked like cobblestones, and it was so much brighter. The detail was so much clearer. And these, these hedges I seen on each side that were just perfectly squared off and trimmed, they just, in the circle of light as I walked forward, they would just bloom with, with flowers. I mean, amazing, beautiful, brilliant colored flowers. And, <laughs> you know, at first I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. This is the light coming out of me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't I special? And then, <laughs> and then I realized something. That this place that I'm in, it's a lifeless place. Now, I don't mean it was void of all life. It was a place of lesser life. There was some life in it, but it was a lesser life. And I knew that because of this light that was around me as I walked forward. Um... I could see real life, bright and vibrant, in in this sphere of light. And then at that, that's at the point when I recognized I wasn't alone; that there was someone else with me, and that this light and this life was actually shining from him and not from me. And that he was behind me; that he was very close behind me. And then I knew oh, this was Jesus. And he was right behind me, and it was the light that was coming off of him. It was the life that was coming off of him that was changing everything around us. And once I realized it was him, it was like my knees instantly grew weak and were like going to buckle just from, the, from his presence, from the power of his presence. And he, he places his right hand on my right shoulder and he steadies me. And he says to me, let's walk together. He comes along on my right side, and he says to me, look, he kind of like does like this with his hand. 
kind of waves his hand like this. He says, look. And as I look, it's like my eyes are open, and now I could see this whole estate, and it was in ruins. What, what initially looked really impressive, I could see the, the, the walls were barely standing. It was crumbling. And um, I could see things for other, as they really were. And Jesus says to me, this world is passing away. And I could feel, we're walking side by side, and I could feel his slight tug on my right shoulder, and I turned to look directly at him. And again, looking at him, I am just overwhelmed with awe and wonder. And I begin to fall under the power of his presence again, if not for the strength of his hand on me. And he says to me, he says, now, look at me. And so I look at him. I lift up my head and I look at him, but he's like really tall. <laughs> and so as I look at him, I'm not looking in his eyes at this point, I'm looking into his heart. Right in the center of his chest. I see his heart, and, but I see so much else. That is life abundant and full and free and active. It rem- as I'm looking into his heart, words kind of fail me, but it looked like this colorful jungle of life, teeming with life, incredible, vibrant colors, bright colors. And I, and I suddenly realized that in comparison to these bright, vibrant colors, how dull <laughs> and how lifeless and muted everything else had been. What I thought was colorful wasn't really colorful at all compared to him. And so as I'm looking at his heart, I feel myself drawn into his heart. And it's wonderful. And it's glorious, just like it was in 2005. I'm flying inside of his heart. There's a cacophony of colors, I write. And I see trees and very large plant and plants and rainbows of colors. And I find myself kind of flying around and kind of like circling in for a landing. And I land in this field of beautiful, lush, green, soft grass. It was just, just incredible. And then in front of me, and to the left again, I see Jesus. How am I in the heart of Jesus to see Jesus? I don't know. But now I see him as the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, very much like the character Aslan. For those of you who've seen it, he's the lion. And... um. And he slowly walks over to me and he says to me again, just like he did before, he says, let's walk together. And so I put my right hand on his mane and it's soft. And I could feel his life and the power that's in him just flowing up my right arm. And so we just kind of slowly walk together through this paradise of life and color. And as we're doing that, suddenly and unexpectedly, um, he turns, and with a growl, he bites something off of my chest. He snatches it off my chest and grabs it in his teeth and and shakes his head and spits it out. And and I'm breathless. I was totally unexpected. I was really stunned. And, And... Whatever this thing was, I didn't even know it was there until until he bit it. But it was, it was black and it was slimy and it was stretchy and kind of sticky and it covered like from the, the top of my chest over my shoulders down to like just past my waist. And um, and so surprised said, Jesus, what was that? And he said, compromise. He says, and I will abide it no longer. Oh, I just wept. I just repented. I just dropped to my knees and I just repented. And as I'm there on the floor in front of the lion of the tribe of Judah just crying out and repentance, asking God to forgive me for the compromise in my life, I could just feel his tender touch. He's, he's licking me like a mother... Lion would to its cubs, you know? And he's just cleansing me. He's cleaning me. And we stayed like that for a long time. 
And then, as if to mark the end of this time of repentance and cleansing, he just kind of pounces up um, playfully. <laughs> and I, I, I noticed at that point, this is November 11th, it was exactly 11, 11 a.m. <laughs> on November 11th. Something changed in that moment. Something changed at 11, 11 on 11, 11. And it changed from repentance and cleansing to a time of playfulness with him. Because he pounces up, and we begin, we begin to wrestle and roll around and back and forth in the loving, exhilarating embraces. And at one point, Jesus, again, as the lion, jumps up and kind of jumps back, and he says to me in excited, joy-filled voices, Come! Follow me! And with that, he runs off into the woods. We're in like this colorful jungle, right? I don't know how else to describe it. It's like a paradise. And he, he runs off into the woods. <laughs> and uh, so I'm following behind him. I'm running around. I'm darting back and forth around and in and out of trees and kind of like playing hide and seek. It was, it was really playful. It was really fun. I'm laughing out loud and so is he. And I remember at one point, momentarily, I lose sight of him. I'm kind of like standing there. There's trees and colors and stuff all around me. I'm looking like this. Like, where'd he go? And he bounds out from behind some kind of bush and, and pins me to the ground, right? He's got bolted paws on my shoulders, big paws. He's looking at me eyeball to eyeball. And he says to me, seriously, he says to me, he says, you're mine. I love you with an everlasting and an unconditional love. He said, I will never abandon you. I am always with you, always. Follow me, and I will show you great and marvelous things you do not know. Hey, goosebumps thinking about that again. And then he licks my face and he laughs. <laughs> With his paws on my shoulder, I could feel some kind of impartation. I don't understand it, but there's life and power from these massive paws on my shoulders being poured into me. And I almost feel like I'm just melting underneath him. And at this point, the lion of the tribe of Judah morphs into the father. And he picks me up in his arms. And he holds me close to his heart. And this is what he says to me. He says, freedom. He said, my son, freedom. It is for freedom that I've set you free. And I've commissioned you to set captives free. Captives within my church and captives outside of her. He says to me, he says, I know you'd rather come home. He says, but I still have much for you to do here. He says, you'll travel the world with a message of freedom. Some will love you for it. Many will hate you. But go, you must. And again, we're walking side by side, but now it's the Father. And I can tell that we're kind of heading out of this garden, forest, colorful jungle place that we're in. And he continues to speak to me. He says, just follow me. Stop trying to figure everything out. <laughs> That's just pride. Just follow me. My ways are not your ways. Expect the unexpected. Enjoy the surprises. Forget the formulas and formal ways. See, I really am doing a new thing. And I'm doing it in you and to you and through you. We come to the garden's edge, and I can feel the vision fading as I hear Papa say to me, come, follow me. So um, that was this week. <laughs> Just kind of felt like I was supposed to share those stories with you guys. So let me just pray for a minute. Lord, I don't understand your ways. 
Lord, I trust you. I know that you're good. And I know that you love us. Lord, I pray that we would, all of us would encounter you on your terms, in your ways. Have your way with us, O oh God. Now, Lord, let your spirit fall on this room. Holy Spirit, come. It's going to leave it time for questions, but his presence just feels too rich right now. Let your spirit come, Lord. Let it come. I actually just release it now. I just kind of see like these little dots of white light and they're just, they're just shooting out and they're hitting your foreheads. Lord, I pray that you would, that your spirit would impact people's minds, that you would enlighten them. Oh God, do it, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would touch our eyes. Give us eyes that see. Whatever it is you want to show us, give us eyes that see. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Lord, I pray that the, there would be a release today of the truth of your great love for us, of your faithful love. Lord, I pray that we would experience at a deeper and more real level the freedom that you've already won for us. Do it, Lord. Set us free. Bless your name. So, George, can you find some appropriate um, type of music to put on? If anybody wants prayer today, I don't know what was imparted to me. I'll happy to give away. I'll freely give to anybody what was freely given to me. And um, if you have other need today, if you need to be reminded of his love for you, if you need, if you need to be freer, whatever it is, if you come on up, I'd be happy to pray for people today. Otherwise, the rest of you guys are released to go. Have an awesome day.